Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Philippians 3, 1 through 11. Just about every one of us at some point in our lives has gone through the process of putting a resume together. And basically, if you think about what a resume is, it's you putting down on paper the argument of this is why I should get in. In this case, this is why I should get into your company. Uh, This is why you should give me a job. These are my qualifications. Now, obviously, that's something you'll probably have to do at some point in this life. But today, I want us to think about the idea of a spiritual resume. A spiritual resume basically saying, this is why I should get in ultimately to heaven. This is why I should get into the kingdom. These are my qualifications for that. And we're going to see somebody who had a very impressive spiritual resume, at least that's what he thought. And that's what many people in his culture would have thought. And what we're going to see him do is tear up that resume and say, it's worthless. That's what we're going to see here in Philippians 3. And not only will we see Paul do that, we will see why. What is it that he thinks is of so much greater value than his uh, spiritual resume? Uh, Because now he starts targeting very clearly false teachers. So again, going back to chapter 1, there seems to be a difference here. There were people that were doing ministry from bad motives, but they were proclaiming the gospel. And Paul uh, says he rejoices in that. So clearly, now we're in a different category because he refers to these teachers here in verse 2 as look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Um, Those are strong words, right? And he says, in contrast to that, we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have a reason for confidence in the flesh. And then he's going to go on to list his spiritual resume. But I would say here in the beginning, he's giving us some clear warnings that you need to watch out for false teaching. And what this false teaching is going to do, it is going to try to add works and or ceremony to the gospel. Again, the the clearest example that we've seen, and I think it's what he's referring to here because of the phrase who mutilate the flesh, is this idea you must be circumcised to be saved. And he's saying, watch out for false teaching like that. And, And then he talks about how we put no confidence in the flesh. Uh, We need to see Christ as a stretcher, so to speak, not as a crutch. We do not come to God being like, you know, I'm kind of limping here and I need some help. So can Christ help me? We come to Christ and we say, I can't walk. Really, I'm dead. I I need the gurney. I need the stretcher. I need Christ to carry me. I I don't need Christ's help in addition to my own stuff to get into heaven I need Christ completely to get me into heaven. And then Paul goes through his spiritual resume. He says, basically, 
nobody can top my spiritual resume. If anyone else thinks they have confidence, I have more. And here it is. I was circumcised on the eighth day, the day it was supposed to happen. I'm of the people of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, which just so happens to be my personal favorite tribe for obvious reasons. A Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. Now, at this point, I'd like to pause for a second and just acknowledge probably not any of you are nodding along with what he is saying here uh, and saying, yep, me too, me too, me too. That's that's why I'm good. That's why I should get into heaven because you in your culture and your understanding are not placing a great value on circumcision or when you were circumcised or what tribe you are from or being a Pharisee. Those aren't going to be the things. But here are some things I would say watch out for. In our cultural context, these are ways I think people trust their spiritual resume instead of Christ. Even just start by noticing the commonality, I would say, of works righteousness in all false religions. I mean, I think of Roman Catholicism. It is built on an idea of works righteousness. Or even if you get into more Eastern religions, what's the path to nirvana? What's the path to heaven? It's ultimately based on something I am going to do. You look at cults like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. One of their presidents talks about the great heresy of salvation by faith and, and grace alone. Uh, this this is clearly a rejection of what the Bible clearly teaches. All other religions will ultimately be about human accomplishment, uh, where Christianity is really about divine accomplishment, what God has done. And that's where even Christians, those that would uh, you know, reject um, Mormonism or Catholicism, there's ways that can creep into Christianity, where maybe instead of circumcision, it's baptism. Well, I'm a Christian because I was baptized. Well, if you are a Christian, you should be baptized, but that is not what saves you. And if you are trusting in some ceremony that you've done rather than Christ, that's dangerous. Another thing you've got to watch out for, a lot of people really think their resume, they would sum it up with these words, better than most. I'm better than most people. Um, Most Americans think this about themselves. In fact, I think there's a survey that said about 40-something percent of uh, people in America think they're the best person that they know. It's very easy for us to think, I'm better than most other people. And that's true sometimes even in conservative and Christian uh, subcultures in America. Well, because I'm not buying the progressive agenda, because I haven't committed any of the big sins, then I'm all right. No, if that's what you're trusting in, that's a false gospel. Um, also, we need to be very careful about unintentionally preaching or believing works righteousness. I, I think we need to very rightly guard against the idea that I can be saved and there be no change in my life. That is a common, I think, American idea. I'm a Christian, but I'm not really living like one. Well, if you're not living like one, you're not a Christian. And that's not to say we all, we, we, that we don't fail. Again, it, we're, I'm talking about the direction of your life, not the perfection of your life. The Bible makes this very clear. The one who says, 1 John 1 says, I have fellowship with God, but walks in darkness. He lies and the truth is not in him. But what happens sometimes is we are looking at someone and saying that there's no fruit, that there's no good works in this person's life. And that is evidence that they haven't saved. And so we start saying, well, the solution is we need to add good works. No, now we're preaching a false gospel. 
what we need to do is saying, well, this person either doesn't understand the gospel or they have not responded in repentance and faith. Because if they understand the gospel and they respond in repentance and faith, good works will follow. So if the good works aren't there, it's not, well, let's add that in. It's no, we clearly don't understand the gospel or we haven't responded to it because then there would be good works. And another thing that goes along with this that I've experienced a lot in ministry is people using turn my life around language that doesn't include Jesus. I'm going to stop doing these bad things and I'm going to start doing these good things. And you look at the list and you're like, yeah, you should stop engaging in these sins and you should start going to church and reading your Bible. But if you think, well, if I try to stop doing these and I try to start doing that, then I'll be saved. That's not the gospel. You need a stretcher. You need a savior. You need Jesus. And I think this affects even our assurance as well. Our assurance, again, fruit in our lives helps our assurance. But I would argue that really plays a supporting role. The ultimate ground of our assurance are the promises of Jesus Christ. Because if you look at your fruit, hopefully if you are a Christian, it should be there. There should be evidence in your life that you are saved. But here's the thing, it will never be perfect, that there could always be more growth, there could always be more fruit, but what is perfect are the promises of Jesus Christ. And that should ultimately be the ground of your assurance. So I want to exhort you today, watch out for ways you might be tempted to trust your spiritual resume instead of Christ. But then Paul says some of the most beautiful words in the Bible in verse seven, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I took my spiritual resume. I tore it into pieces because I'd rather have Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. Paul saying, I would get rid of everything to gain Christ. That's what I want you to think today. And then there's one of two ways I really want you to apply that. For some of you listening, maybe today needs to be the day that you stop trusting yourself or that you stop holding on to something in this world for Christ. Uh, Today needs to be the day that you say, you know, I I really am depending on myself being a good person for my salvation. No, I I can't trust that. I'm going to trust Christ because he's the one who can save me. Or maybe there is some sin that you're still holding on to or something in this world that you're still holding on to. You need to say, no, there is nothing that compares to knowing Christ. There is no sin pleasurable enough to be better than knowing Christ. So if you do not know Christ today, either because you're still trusting in yourself or you're still holding on to some worldly thing, give it up today for the treasure that is Christ. And if you have done that, especially as you read verses 7 through 11, I want you thinking today, I've got it. I've got Christ. I have the greatest treasure that there is in the world. And even because that, I have justification. I have a righteousness that's not from my own, from the law. I have a righteousness that really comes through faith in God that is based on Christ. I've got justification in Christ. I've got sanctification also because of Christ. It talks about knowing him and the power of his resurrection and sharing his sufferings. You're going to experience those things even 
as you continue to live the Christian life, you're going to experience both the sufferings of Christ and the power of his resurrection. You will, you will suffer. And again, we should see that not as a bug, but as a feature of the Christian life, but you will also experience the power of the resurrection. And then you will also experience glorification that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. And I don't think Paul is uncertain here when he says by any means possible, I think it's more an expression of humble amazement. Me, the guy that used to kill Christians, I'm going to experience the resurrection of the dead because of Christ. That's how good Christ is. And even again, I want to encourage you, if you do not know Christ, today needs to be that day. Because even if you feel like, no, I'm too bad, Christ can't save me. Think about who's writing this. His spiritual resume was actually lousy. He was a murderer, but God saved him and God can save you too. And if you are saved, you've got it. You've got the greatest treasure in the world. And in Christ, you have justification, declared righteousness. In Christ, you have sanctification. He will grow you and mold you both through suffering and through the power of the resurrection. And you've got glorification. You will be raised with Christ. That's a great reason to rejoice today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.